0: Give somebody a hug. Give them a handshake if you can't give a hug. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I might not be able to go as far as I really wanted to go in this sermon today because of time. I'm also time conscious. Ideally, I should be preaching between 10 and 11, but it's almost 11 now, and I'm just about to start. But there are many people online who are watching, those who are listening, and it's a great opportunity to share God's word. And um, the word works. The the 30th anniversary of the Stone Church is here upon us. April the 25th to 30th, we'll be celebrating our mother church, of which we are a part. And please, announcements have gone ahead. Align yourself. Prepare yourself. And in between that, we're going to have the International Youth Convention on the Saturday that is going to be the penultimate celebration. And the Lord will bless you. Keep your hearts prepared, pray, and plan, and the Lord will bless you. This morning, I'm going to be starting a series I have titled, Faith in the Name of Jesus. This message is not just for now. This message is for as long as we walk this earth as believers. You will need it. So, I, I wanted to please pay attention. I want to welcome especially my brothers and sisters again, our first time as church. Would you say please, uh, would you welcome them this morning and say God bless you? Would you please tell them that we love them? You could have chosen to go elsewhere, but you chose to be here. And the Lord who brought you here today will meet you at the very point of your needs in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith in the name of Jesus. Go with me to John chapter 14 i read two verses, verses 13 and 14, and then I'll go to the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. The Lord Jesus, in preparing to wrap up his earthly ministry in John 14, preparing the hearts of the people, especially the disciples, and preparing the ground for the coming of the Holy Spirit, made this very profound statement about his name and what we can do with his name. The name of Jesus is not just a cliche. It is not a punctuation. It should never be reduced to such. It is not to be reduced to a cake-cutting name at social events. People lack creativity. They don't know what to say to cut a celebration cake. And they say, give me a J, an E, an S, a U, another S. Jesus to cut a cake. You don't need the name of Jesus to cut a cake. You can be creative. You can say anything else. You can spell love, grace, whatever. You can even say December. Spell December and cut the cake. This is one of the reasons that the name is not working in the mouth of many believers. It is working for some people. I think it was last month that we shared some testimonies as well, or two months ago. One of the testifiers this morning, Esther, she was sitting in the night, and some unscrupulous guy came into her room. Maybe an arm robber, you call him, or a burglar. Robbed her, I think, took her phone and a few valuables, and that was not the end of the story. Probably she was in her nightgown, and um, men are wired differently from women. We are moved by what we see. That's why we plead with the sisters in the church: don't let us see much, don't let us see too much. People can be distracted. A brother can come to church and he won't listen to what the pastor is saying from the beginning of the service to the end because it's just. A- attracted to what he's looking at. This guy said, well, take off your your nightgown so that I can know you. <laughs> he had taken her valuables, and I wanted to rape her. And she was pleading with the guy. I mean, you know, a young lady in the room alone all by yourself, and he, a he guy. What do you do? And to crown it all, he was even armed. Maybe he had a knife or whatever he had. And she was pleading with him. You've taken my phone. You've taken some money. Just go. And the guy said, you're proving stubborn, Abby. Now I'm going to come and stab you. And people have died like that. Just stab them in the neck, stomach region, or in the chest. And that's it. You just have cardiac arrest and end of discussion. But all of a sudden, it dawned on her. Look, I might not have a weapon, but I have a weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not physical. They are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. goals. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. Verse 3 says, For we, though we walk after the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So your, your enemies are really not people. You're dealing with spirits. And she remembered that she had a name. Somebody say, I have a name. Let's say as a church, we have a name. If I had my way, I would have titled it, we have a name. But let's just leave it as faith in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, that holy anger, just as the guy was advancing towards her, to come and harm her, and maybe disarm, and then rape her, she shouted, in the name of Jesus. Now, the name, somebody's armed, Somebody wants to injure you and, and inflict injury and do whatever. And all you have is a weapon that is not physical. But can I tell you what? The fact that it is not physical does not make it important. When the world that is moved by what we see. If I see it, I'm going to believe. Come and do business with me. If I see a lot, I will believe. In the world... S- believing what no, they say, seeing is believing. But in the kingdom where we belong, believing precedes singing. She used the name, she used the weapon that she couldn't see, and the weapon worked. Because every time you activate the name with faith in your heart, every time you release that name with faith, not just saying it from the top of your head, but with faith that this name is going to work for me, it will work for you. That was all she said. In the name of Jesus. And the tormentor became the tormented. The guy took off. And she screamed more scriptures. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, judgment. And then when she saw that the guy took off, she went after him. <laughs> she went after him, chasing him down the street. And and using the name, and the guy was running. Only God knows what he saw. The realm of the spirit is more real than the physical realm. Somebody might be planning to harm you, and you are not even aware. You are just walking on campus, maybe jogging in the morning, doing your morning exercise, and somebody is coming already. Maybe a random person that is mad, or they planned already to attack you. And you don't have to do anything. All the Lord has to do is to open their eyes to the realm of the spirit to show the people that are with you. Because you are never alone. Can I have an amen to that? Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye is angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Angels hearken to the voice of the word of God. Angels are always with you if you're a covenant conscious child of God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, for the assistance of them who shall be heirs of salvation? Do we have heirs of salvation here this morning? Are you a heir of salvation? Oh, yes, so you have angels ministering for you, for you, assisting you. Somewhere in Psalms, I think it's four. it says he makes his angels, spirits, his ministers, flames of fire. You are surrounded by flames of fire. But guess what? They take their command at the name of Jesus. That's why I want to teach you this. This is going to be more of a teaching than a preaching. It's a series, maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, but get it and get it right because you need... This. For as long as you are in this side of life, even when we move over to eternity, we are going to be fellowship with Jesus face to face. Can I have an amen? Faith in the name of Jesus, John fourteen verses thirteen and fourteen. I mean, I, I've been hearing testimonies like that. I thank God it happened in our church. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, and an armed robber takes off, kidnappers are going to run away. Amen. Armed robbers will not come to your house. Amen. You can keep your house in the name. I hope I get there this morning to show you something how that you can be kept in the name. How Jesus kept the disciples in the name. And whatsoever, somebody say, whatsoever. Now, this is an open check. Whatsoever, physical, spiritual, material, financial, health wise, your career, your profession, whatsoever. You shall ask in my name. In my name. Jesus speaking here. If you have a red letter Bible, you see these words in red letters. And red words always win. Red words win. Amen. Jesus said, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. I read that again. And whatsoever... You shall ask in my name. You ask it in my name. Don't ask it in your name. Ask it in my name. Now, I'm going to swing into action. That will I do. I'm going to do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. If you shall ask anything in my name. Anything. Somebody say anything. In verse 13, it said you shall ask whatsoever. In verse 14, 14, it says, if you shall ask anything. Now, whatsoever and anything sound like synonyms to me. Am I the only one? Whatsoever. Anything. Why are we not asking anything? Look at the testimony of Paul. Paul said he came out last month, birthday, and I said put something before the Lord, and he put only the debt he was owing before the Lord. You could have put more before the Lord. The Holy Spirit said to me years ago, Fred, be careful what you expect. I said, why, sir? I was on evangelism on the field in Mokola. I said, why, sir? He said, because the expectations of the righteous will not be cut short. What you expect will happen. So be careful what you expect. Wow. That's why I don't expect to die young. I don't expect to be sick. I don't expect to be broke. I don't expect to be put to shame in my life for any reason whatsoever. Even if it's a quarter to shame situation, God will show up. I don't ever expect to be stranded. I don't expect failure. There is no failure in my in my present, there is no failure in my future. There is no failure in your future because Jesus Christ is already there. Can I have an amen? if you shall ask anything but there is a condition in my name i will do it let me show you a similar scripture before we go to act go to john 16 and verse 23. john 16 and verse 23 and in that day you shall ask me nothing verily Verily, I say unto you, whatsoever, that sounds like verse 13 of where we are coming from. Are we participating? We have just a few moments together. Whatsoever, you shall ask the Father in my name. He, the Father, will give it to you. What are we doing with that? Why do we lack so many things? Why are we like orphans when we have a father? Why are we sick when the physician himself lives on the inside of us? The name. What's your knowledge of the name of Jesus? My people are destroyed because of the power of the devil. Oh, the devil is so powerful. He's just destroying my people. My people are destroyed. Oh, devil, stop, stop. No, Jesus will never have a negotiation with the devil. Hosea four six says, My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Seek knowledge, church. And what knowledge am I talking about this morning? The knowledge of the name. The name of Jesus. The name. The name is what we have. When Jesus was living his physical ministry on the earth, when he was leaving the apostles and he was going to the father, it, the Bible doesn't tell us that he, he left them millions of US dollars. He could have done that, yeah? But the Bible never puts an emphasis on that. The Bible didn't even tell us that he gave them his house in Capernaum. He had one in Capernaum. <laughs> Glory be to God. Capernaum was home. If you followed the ministry of Jesus, the Bible would... Once and again, the, uh, the, the, um, the Gospels would say that, and he returned home to Capernaum. Capernaum was a bubbling city of that time. Uh, they had a lot of business, you know, stuff going on and all of that. He, the Bible didn't put emphasis on, on the house or, or the clothes, the designer clothes of Jesus, that the, the soldiers were casting lots to, to know who would get it when they crucified him. But it left them with something. The name because if you have the name you have everything and yet the devil is helping the church today to de-emphasize the importance of the power that is loaded in the name of Jesus. It's my job to help you step act of the Apostles chapter 3 and I'm going to be in verse I'm going to be in verses 1 to 16. Very quickly, I'm going to read fairly quickly. Fairly quickly. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Being the ninth hour. Somebody hour of prayer. I hope you have your own hour of prayer. I hope you have an appointment with God on a regular basis. And a man, lame from his mother's womb, Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask arms of them that entered into the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple? Asked an arms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, God have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I don't have silver to give you today. I don't have gold to give you today, but I have something. There was something left for me, and I'm going to give it to you. And this is what I'm going to give you. In the name, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's what I have to give you. Some Christians don't have silver. They don't have gold. They don't have such as I have. People are confused around you. They come to you for help. You don't know what to say. You don't have money to give them to pay their tuition. You don't have clothes to give them. You don't have food to support them. You don't have accommodation to help them with. And you don't have a word of prayer in the name. Learn from this. The Bible says, and he took him by the right hand. Now he released the name first of all. Then he touched him. I'm going to talk about this in this series, not today, but in this series. When you are praying for the sick, don't touch them until the point of release of your faith. The point of release of your faith, usually, is when you know in your spirit, now I have prayed, it is time to release my faith. That's when you say the name of Jesus and that's when you touch. Don't go about running around praying for people, just touching, just touching. Touch, especially when you are very deliberate about this particular situation and you really want it to go. You're praying for someone that has cancer. Medically, you can't help them in the hospital, but you can help them by faith in the name of Jesus. Don't touch until you are going to release your faith and the point of release of your faith is that point when you mention the name of Jesus and then you can touch. You can learn that from Peter here. Don't just read the Bible on the surface, read with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now after releasing the name, the Bible says, and they took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him Walking and praising God, and they knew that it was He which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. I wonder why the Bible used the two words because they sound like synonyms: wonder and amazement. They were filled with wonder and amazement. And the things that God will begin to do in your life from this service, people will look at you and be filled with wonder and amazement. At that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together. Unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wandering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why are you looking at us so earnestly? As though by our own power or holiness, we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you guys denied the holy one and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life. You killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead. You killed him but God raised him. Glory be to God. I pray for someone today, whatever the enemy throws at you for your destruction, God will use it for your elevation. Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I pray again, whatever they throw at you for your destruction, God will use as an instrument for your elevation. In the name of Jesus. Peter said, and you killed the prince of life, whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. We are witnesses. We can't lie. Verse 16. And his name, through faith, In his name has made this man strong whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Say with me, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Let's say that again because I want that to register and it to resound from week to week as we deal with this series. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Glory be to God. The weight of a man usually is behind his name. There are people in this country that can write you a note, take it to the vice chancellor of your university, and make your request known, and you will break every protocol, you'll get through to the VC, give him the note, and get what you want. Because of the weight behind the name, oh, I'm trying to get a UK visa, LL, I've applied, Uh, the last time I applied they refused me, and I don't know if they're going to grant me now. No, 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 no. There are people who can say, well, take this to the embassy. The weight. To tell you, um, I, I have a, a national award of the British Order, maybe an OBE or something, and all I need to give you is my complimentary card. Attach that to your application, and your visa will be granted. It's not a question of whether your documents are complete now or not, because of the person. Now that's a human being. There are people that can give you a letter, and you get you get through to the governor. The same governor that everybody's dying to see and people queue and they go every day, every week for six months and they're not able to see the governor. I was in somebody's house, a chief justice. Some, I think about two years ago or so, what, last year? No, I think it was two years ago, March. It was the month of March, two years ago. I'm the governor of my state, my, my home state. I don't mean this state. We were having an event, and you know, it was just in the in the premises, in the compound of the woman's house. All of a sudden, I saw security details all over the place, and they opened the gate, and an SUV came in, you know, uh, reversing into the compound. When I saw security details, I knew that somebody important was coming. Only that SUV came into the compound, and when the door was open, behold. Gaduchi, gaduchi, face to face. I was looking at my governor, walking past me like this. (laughs) There are people that are very powerful. Human beings. They can ask to see the governor in their house. (laughs) Your president, oh, I'm the president. Some people made you the president. When they need your attention, they can tell you, meet us in Dubai. We're having a meeting there. And the, you just hear in the news that the president has jetted out to Dubai for the international conference of nonsense seekers and all of that. <laughs> He's going for a meeting with the king makers. These are human beings. How much more the almighty God who gave the name to his son. And the son has given us the power of attorney to use the name. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Listen, church. As an initial thought, I'm going to tell you this. If you want the name of Jesus to work for you, you have to deploy that name by faith. That was what worked for this man. Peter said, and his name, yeah, through faith in the name. It wasn't just the name, but the guy had faith in the name. Because Peter told him about the name and the guy believed the name and latched on the authority of the name and he was made old. The name of Jesus is a game changer in any given situation in life. The name of Je- I don't care the enormity of what you are going through right now. Listen to me. If you would deploy faith in the name, in the name, you will come out of it. That's what you need. You don't need to run around. You don't need a harbour list anywhere. You don't need anybody anywhere. You need faith in the name of Jesus. And it will change the game for you. The man in Acts chapter 3 was not a child. This man that was born lame. I mean, I've seen the wickedness of the devil. What would make a child to be born lame? Lame from the mother's womb. What was his offense? Why would a child, for crying out loud, be born lame? the frustration of this man this man was already over 40 years old according to act chapter 4 verse 22 the next chapter we don't have time to read all of that we'll read it next week he was already over 40 years old now imagine a a 40 year old man at least who couldn't do anything for himself when he was a child he saw other kids running around every attempt he made to run around like the other kids in the neighborhood failed He saw the other guys playing football. He couldn't play football with them. In that condition, he grew to become a teenager. And as a teenager, his other teen friends, he saw them going to school. They were going to college. And they would come back and talk about their lecturers. They were not talking about teachers anymore. They were talking about lecturers. And he was still on the same spot. He couldn't go to school. From there, he moved into his 20s. Early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s. And these friends of his were getting married. They were bringing them bringing their girlfriends and getting married. And before you knew it, they were making babies already. And before you knew it, they were cutting contracts already. Purchasing real estate. Putting some money in investments here and there. They were, you know, going all over the world. Doing exploits. And he was on the same spot. They came back to give him Christmas gifts on the same spot. Imagine, imagine the frustration of this, of this 40-year-old man. Tell me the lady that would marry him in that kind of condition. He saw some ladies that he liked, but nobody would look at him. He himself also had some libido running in his system. But hey, you better keep it to yourself because nobody's going to marry a man born lame. He had never walked in his life. He had never had the opportunity of just one time getting up to walk. He had never walked. Never. Not that he walked and he fell down. He had never walked. Lame from the mother's womb. Imagine his frustration. His frustration was was born out of stagnation because he had been stagnated. Stagnation is not a good thing. When you feel like your life is not moving forward, every other person is making progress, but you are not. It is the mother of frustration. It leads to depression. It leads to suicide. Because you think, look, what kind of life am I living? People, his mates got to a point they were buying cars. Some of them maybe buying donkeys as means of transportation at the time were buying boats and they could travel from Capernaum to Judea to Galilee to Jerusalem. But this guy could not travel anywhere. In fact, he could not even move. Imagine his frustration. The Bible says they carried him daily. They laid him at the gate. He couldn't go to his place of business. His business of begging by himself. He depended on others. He depended heavily on family members to carry him to the place where he would beg. His POB, point of begging. He needed help. So if it was raining and he needed to move, to run away from the rain, he had to wait for his family members to come and carry him away from the rain. Otherwise, rain will meet him there and he will be wet from the rain. What a life when you have to depend on others for everything. It is frustrating. That had been a story for over 40 years. He couldn't cook for himself, they had to cook for him. He couldn't even bathe himself because he couldn't even walk to the bathroom, they had to carry him there. If he felt like he needed to defecate, they had to carry him. Imagine, he had lost his dignity. But one day, he heard about the name of Jesus. Faith arose in his heart. And through faith in the name, his situation turned around. I see somebody's situation being turned around this morning in the name of Jesus. If you think this guy wasn't bothered by the fact that his life was stagnant, you need to think twice. Stagnation is a terrible thing. It breeds frustration. It militates against hope. And it is a breeding ground for depression. This 40-year-old man was so stagnated. I don't know how best to describe his stagnation. The Bible says they carried him daily. I mean, there are some people that, that are lame and maybe they, they could put them on wheelchairs or something or find a way of mobility for them. This guy depended on people to come and move him from point A to point B. What was the sin of a newborn baby for crying out loud? Why was he lame from the womb? Could this be a manifestation of the goodness of God? That a child was born lame. Could that be a manifestation of the love of God? Could that be the work of God? I just want to give this baby a gift. Be lame. No. That's the express manifestation of the hatred of the devil. The devil is the hater. That's why I encourage people, don't hate. Don't join the devil in his ministry. But that's not the end of the story. Glory be to God. The day a man encounters Christ. He encounters the game changer. Second Corinthians 517 the word of God tells us, wherefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Your life begins to turn around when you encounter Christ. This was the first time this guy was going to encounter the message of the gospel of Christ through apostle Peter. And that day mark the turn around in his life. This is why we cannot afford to be quiet as Christians. In your place of business, in your school, in your place of work, in your family, tell somebody about Jesus Christ. You might not have all the answers to their troubles and to what they are going through, but tell them about the one that has all the answers. His name is Jesus. Imagine the testimonies we've had this morning. Somebody went to minister to a guy who was smoking and before you knew it, Gave his life to Christ. Somebody went to talk to somebody, and before you know it, he opened up his life and was and was talking about certain intimate details of his personal life, and then opened up, and now he's the one asking for scriptures. I mean, I've met a woman like that before. I've shared my story, and it's still my microphone. I can still share it again. This white lady, she was going to be my very first white convert. Now, I, I don't It doesn't matter to me whether you're white or black. God made everybody, but I mean, you know, just to say that you preach to a white person. That day I was frustrated. I just lost $100. This was um, a flight from from, uh, Houston, Texas to Florida. I mean, I needed that $100 to feed myself. I was going for a conference organized by Bishop T.D. Jakes for international uh, pastors and leaders. And the money was meant for feeding. I had ulcer on that trip. So the money was meant for feeding. But I lost the money on the bags. I had to pay for my bags. I didn't know I was going to pay for my bags within the U.S. I thought it was like the international flights where once you have bought your ticket, you paid for everything, including the meal you're going to eat. Amen. Praise God. So don't starve yourself when you're on a, on a, on a, on a flight I say, oh, no, <laughs> you better don't eat what they're serving. Because by the time you touch down, they might ask you for the bill. No. Long story short, I was on this flight feeling very frustrated. I had lost my $100. That was my feeding money. I had a few more dollars in my pocket to pay for my hotel, which I had booked already online. And here was this white lady who came sitting next to me. And here was the Holy Ghost telling me to witness to her, to tell her about Christ. I told the Holy Spirit, respectfully, you better preach to her yourself. Where were you? At the airport right now, when I was praying. I mean, you needed to see. The lady that collected the $100 from me was mean. She was an African American lady. She called me baby. You better pay your money now, baby. Because the the flight's going to move. It's going to move. I, I try to speak in an accent. Hey, man, you know what? Um, um, I don't know what, baby. Better pay. The flight moves in the next 15 minutes and you need some time to get to the uh, boarding area. You got to get your boarding pass. I prayed in the Holy Ghost. I quoted all the scriptures. That I knew. Rabado I put my finger on each other. and said, "Come on, come on." The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, like the course of a river. He turned it with us. So, I will. She will not collect this money. She will change her mind and tell me, "Hey, baby, don't worry. You know it's all taken care of." Go board now. She collected the money. I was paying the money. I was crying inside. Oh my God, my beloved hundred dollars, feeding money, and I was going with all. And when you have ulcer, you better have something around. Something to mourn and to eat from time to time. And this was a packed event. Trust Bishop T.D. It was packed. We were loaded with stuff. And my stomach was burning. But guess what? After arguing with the Holy Spirit for a short while. Because if you're a child of God, you don't argue for too long. I opened up and ministered to the woman. And she opened up her life. Her story. Long story short, she gave her life to Christ on that trip, on that flight. Long story short, before uh, in my sojourn on that trip, she paid for all my bags for every other flight that I had without asking her for a favor. Didn't God know that what the enemy meant for evil, he meant it for my good. But he said, preach. He said, no, you won't preach. <laughs> Some of you say, well... Pastor, you know I don't have money for school fees. I don't, I don't have feeding money. Go and preach. Go and evangelize. Tell somebody about Jesus. Oh, no, what's the correlation? I mean, I need money. Go and do God's business. Matthew six thirty three. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Your business partner might be your next convert. I mean, the one that will give you a major break in business. Might just be your next convert, and all you—all that God is waiting for is for you to connect. Just obey, trust, and obey, like the hymn that we sang this morning said. Let's move on very quickly. Jesus Christ, listen to me, and this is the message to give to them out there when you go to preach. Jesus Christ came to give us life—the life of God. There's a way, eternal life. John chapter three, verse thirty-six. I need that on the screen very quickly. John three thirty-six. It captures the essence of what I'm saying very succinctly. John 3 36. Everybody, let's read. 1 two, go. He that believeth on the sun has what? Has Rolex. Has Rolls Royce. Has Bugatti, Maserati. What does he have? Mercedes Benz. What does he have? Everlasting life. Not the ephemeral things that are going to expire. And they're all going to burn. You have A never-ending life. The message of the gospel is not the message of money. Thank God for money. Thank God for visas. Thank God for flights. Thank God for scholarships. Thank God for grants. But listen, you can have all of that. If you don't have Jesus, you are doomed. A life without Christ is a crisis. Walking on two legs. Going somewhere to explode. People are sold out to this world. People want the material things. People, now listen to me, it is not a sin to have good things. God is not opposed to you having good things, but God is opposed to those good things having you. Ask your neighbor, do you have Jesus? (laughs) He that believeth on the Son of God has everlasting life. Ask them, do you have everlasting life? When this life here expires, are you going to continue living? Everlasting life. Some people are going to die here and they're going to die again, second time, second death. Some of us, if we ever have the opportunity of dying, if the Lord tarries in his return and we clock 120, that will be the only time we will die. Because according to Paul the Apostle, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I believe. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. When a believer goes home, he won't taste death. He won't taste it. Jesus has tasted death for every man. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. So, he that has the son has everlasting life. Many will be sorry by the time they open their eyes in eternity and they discover that the Lord Jesus is not where they are. But it will be too late because in that place you cannot repent. Give me that John 3.36. I'm not done with it yet. John 3.36. He that has the Son has everlasting life. Let's read together. One, two, go. And he... Okay, let's take it from the beginning, yeah? He that has the Son... Sorry. (laughs) Come on, come on. He that believeth on the Son... Has everlasting life, yeah? And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Say, Come on, what do you mean if I don't believe in Jesus, I will not see life? Am I not alive now? Am I not seeing life? No. This kind of life is the ephemeral one. The short-lived one. This one is full of trouble and sorrow. A lot of and challenges the more money you have the more problems the bigger the head the bigger the headache that's the kind of life we are living right now you know when you start making more money that's when some people in your family will start noticing you that's when they will remember that you are the uncle of the cousin of the nephew of the niece even though you are not a lady but somehow there's a niece that is connected to the younger sister of the brother of the elder cousin of the second cousin of your neighbor that is your next kid and king so before you know it, you are paying GC money for this one. You are paying Jam for this. You are doing this. You are... The more money you make, the more problems. And again, your taste also will change. That's when you feel, oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't be having uh, lunch at a Mama Put. Oh no, no, I'm too, I'm too posh for that. Uh, there is, there is Shandy's up here. Praise God. Oh glory to God. You know what I mean? You know what? You know, you know, you know, life is in levels. You know, you, you go from mamaput, then you go to maybe Chicken Republic. All right. And maybe Captain Cook, they're all down the road. I don't know why they keep coming around here. Praise God. <laughs> or there's some bite more somewhere. But after a while, after a while, when money is rolling in and rolling in and rolling in, you feel, look, I, I, I want to have a taste of America. I want to go to a restaurant where I'm just going to chill. And somebody's going to actually going to come and wait on me. Not where I'm going to have to go to the stand and make an order. No, they're going to come and wait on me and say, welcome, sir. And then they bring all the, the, the menu. And then you take about five minutes to select because you don't even know what to select. This is chicken majoratu. This one is a brown spider sprinkled with cappuccino. Now, now... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was in a place in England. And this was in Milton Keynes two years ago, and I just wanted to have coffee. It was it was cold. My stomach was freezing, so so I went to a coffee shop. My cousin was coming to pick me up, and, and I said, oh, "What do you have?" And and then they gave me all the different kinds of coffee. I didn't know which one to take. I was just looking. The lady said, "What would you like to have?" Oh, cappuccino. Oh, my God. When they gave me that. <laughs> a man from the bush, like me. Listen, this life is ephemeral. This life is not eternal. This one is short-lived. This one is full of trouble. This one is the earthly life. This one was the one that Job was describing. When he said, man, born of a woman, is of a few days and full of trouble. Is this one. And we're in it already. This is the one where you have to write exams. And the examination of this life comes without a timetable. This is the one where friends will betray you. The very people you have helped with all your resources will turn their back and stab you in the back. Welcome to life. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Welcome to life. It is this life. But there is another life. Eternal life. It is the life where we are going to reign with God forever. It is the God kind of life. It is God's way. It is only found in Christ. If you don't have Christ, you don't have the way. You may have money, you may have dollars, pounds, yen. But if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, you don't have the way. And the Bible says if you don't believe in him, you will not see life. Eternal life. And the wrath of God abides on that person continually. May you not have the wrath of God on your life. If you have the wrath of the devil, it's good. You will deal with him. You resist him steadfast in the faith. According to 1 Peter 5, 8, you submit yourself to God. You resist the devil and he will flee from you. According to James 4, 7. But if God is the one angry with you, I don't know who is going to mediate between you and God. Or the devil will fight for you. So don't worry, I'll fight God. (laughs) The last time he did, he got demoted. Listen. Jesus came to give us the God kind of life. Jesus came to set the captives free. Satan is the one that binds people. Put them in prison. And he will lock the prison and throw the keys away. Isaiah 61 verse 1. Jesus was quoting in Luke chapter 4. He was quoting Isaiah 61 verse 1. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. One of the things that he said, the anointing of God, the spirit of God was upon him to free. I know what it means to be captivated. I know what it means to be in a crowd. Everybody laughing and cheering and jeering, And you are there crying in, in, in your heart and in your mind. Because you have the bitterness of soul. I know what it means to not be free in your mind. Somebody says something, you are hearing something else because you are, you are consumed with the load of your problems. Jesus came to set the captives free. I know what it means to suffer an addiction. And you want to break free from it and it looks like you cannot. And you pray to God and say, God, the next time I do this thing, Lord, the next time I do it, if I do it, strike me with leprosy. Oh, you better stop all those nonsense prayers. (laughs) God is not moved by emotional prayers. uh, Many of us, if God had had that prayer, I would not be here standing today. As a teenager, I had my struggles too. We struggled The Lord, We were exposed to all kinds. I mean, if you grew up in the kind of neighborhood where I grew up, you would be exposed to smoking, to drugs, to pornography, to sex, to everything. I mean, at a very tender age, we're looking at the porn magazines. And nobody cautioned us. Of course, parents would never know. We're running around with the big brothers. They destroyed us. But thank God for Jesus. Oh boy, it was a struggle. to be in porn. I mean, it's like the devil just following you everywhere. And you can think straight. So you can have clean relationships with the opposite sex. What you're thinking is sex. And God help you, you have one with the wrong person boom some of our friends became fathers at 16 17 when they didn't know what fatherhood was about wrong exposure raising their kids in the same kind of environments where they were raised repeating the mistakes of their parents i grew up in the hood i can tell you that i mean some of us live we grew up in one room and one room and pal- no one room room one room room there were some of us that lived in one room room but this one room, room means that room is the room is the bedroom is the living room and also the kitchen because we cook by the corner right? And some of us that had a little money, a little more money, a room and a pallet, big man. Then those that really had money, a wing. They really had money. And if you want to see a big boy, a big boy has a tukumbo TV set, fairly used from wherever. The rug in his room is tukumbo, the underlay is Tokumbo. Then he has a mattress by the side, he has a hanger, and that is a big boy already. And he, okay, TV set, then home theater or DVD player. He's already bringing girlfriends home because he has a room. What a life. Our ambition, we couldn't see beyond that. This was the mode in which we were being formed. So it was difficult to break free from all of that, if not for the power of Jesus. You wanted to taste drug, you wanted to taste alcohol. I mean, I remember returning beer bottles for my dad, and and on, on returning them, you on the way, you try and taste the dregs. But then it was bitter, so it didn't appeal to me. I thank God that God didn't allow that to appeal to me. <laughs> because man, that could mess somebody's life up forever. But thank God for Jesus. Someone said thank God for Jesus. Some of our mates, in the same house where they were born, one pit latrine, one general bathroom, where you had to queue to kill to take your bath. Because we are talking about 10 families in one house, 10 different families. I don't mean one family with 10 members. I mean families. The Bakas, the Zubala, the Zaruz, the Elekutush, and the (laughs) Gegezus. All of them. So you wanted to have your bath in the morning, better prepare your water. Better go in the bathroom at 4 a.m. or 4.30. Some might be having it at the backyard. So while you are sleeping, you'll be hearing splashing of water on the floor. Somebody's having their bath outside. And sometimes you are tempted to peep from the window to see who is there. I know all of that. I grew up in that stuff. Jesus came and became the game changer in my life. Church, some of us, some of us were not fortunate enough to break free from that. They went ahead, had girlfriends, had sex once or twice or a couple of times. The girl got pregnant, she wouldn't abort, boom, they became a father. Now having to hustle somewhere as a factory worker or something and having to raise kids. What kind of future awaits those kids when you yourself, you are not even settled yet? Only Jesus can, how much money can you give somebody to help them? Give them Jesus, I beg you. Tell somebody this week about Jesus. You would have done them a favor of a lifetime. I mean, look at T.J. Sunimi's testimony this morning. I never heard that before. She's close to me, but I I didn't know. She lived that kind of lifestyle. But I do remember that God gave me a word years ago in this church. When I said, somebody here is living a lesbian lifestyle. It was one service. I remember that service. Lesbian lifestyle. You need to come out of it. You need to stop it. I don't even know whether she was in service that day or not. Whether she was in this church or not. The devil lies to people. How can the devil tell you that you're, you're a guy, but he tells you you're a girl? See, I feel like a girl, really. I, I know physically I'm a guy, but I feel, I think like a like a girl. And, and you know, I... I I just, I'm, I'm just like that. That's the way I was born. Don't judge me. And you know, what I'm saying now, I probably can't say it in America now. After service, the police will be waiting for me at the door. It's just madness. It's in the Bible. It's in Romans chapter one. The new God, but they refused to acknowledge him as God. And so, what did he do? He gave them up. May God not give you up. <laughs> to reprobate mine, Mind joke more could settle reprobate. And so they do things that are not convenient because there's no Christ in them. And don't get it twisted. There are people in the choir across the world. They sing well. They are talented. Some of the choir, some of the songs you even listen to, some of the so-called gospel songs who are living the gay lifestyle. They are living it, but they still want to live the kingdom lifestyle. They are two immiscible liquids. It's like water and petrol. They don't mix. Until you come to that point when you're honest with yourself and say, Lord, help me. I've seen people being set free from such lifestyle. I have a friend who is straight now by the help of the Holy Spirit. He's a minister. I know a couple of people. And so I was blessed to hear Sijesunimi's testimony this morning. I said, Lord, even if it's for this one person, I will continue to preach the gospel. Oh, yeah. There are some testimonies you hear that will really encourage you. Because being a pastor sometimes can be a lonely job. It can be a thankless job. And some people think you're talking rubbish. You're talking too much. You're telling the story of your life too much. Why are you telling us the story of your life every time? I grew up in Mokola, mokola Mokola. we out of that, Gary. It's my story. And like she said this morning, I own it. If you have not been in my shoes, you can't criticize me. Do you know what it means to go to the toilet? And sorry, this is, very, this is rated 18. And you open the pit, the, the cover of the pit, and you see millions, you see an army of maggots. Because your, your, your toilet was full and it was time to be emptied. And the man that was coming to empty would come during the night and put chemical. We saw all of that. What kids normally should not see? So my own growing up was not normal. But did God know that or not? He was preparing me for this point in my life. Don't waste any part of your story. Are you with me? Even when it seemed as though you failed, God is going to use it for his glory in your life. Can I have an amen? Amen. I've never always got it right up until this point. I've never always been right. I still make mistakes. Yeah, I learn from it. I say, Father, I thank you. You You're going to get the glory out of this. And let me tell you something. When God chooses your life to get the glory out of it, the story will not be funny. Shedrock, Meshach, and Abednego? Was their story funny? Bow? Or they're going to throw you in the furnace? Heat it up seven times. We're not going to bow. We're going to throw you in fire. Hello? Going into the fire is not like going to amusement park. That's not a funny story. But God was going to get the glory out of it. Daniel, being thrown to the lion's den, was that a funny story? I mean, when I come to your house and if if I see a sign on the door, beware of dogs, I will call you on the phone. Most likely, I'm not going to come to your house. I'm not afraid of dogs. No, Dr. Esther, don't judge me. I, I just respect, you know, every creature of God has its own dignity. I respect dogs. Caucasian. Now one very looking very ugly and has this kind of funny fur. This one is German Shepherd. I'm not too afraid. No, I'm not afraid of that one. There's one they call Rotwella. Fat head, small tail, very wicked. <laughs> I have a neighbor, the house next to mine. They have these dogs in their in their in their in their compound, from their from their windows, and they look at the dogs. One day they come, they, Daddy come and see the dogs. These dogs, the, the skin was like camo, like camouflage, like. I'm a color, but they did their crossbreeding. I said, anybody that uh, is tired of life and village people have followed him, let him enter this people's compound. You know that woman, your lecturer in school. I mean, just enter their compound. There was a the day they opened their gates. I was coming, I was walking on the street and I was coming to my house and they opened the gate. And the dog was by the gate, and there were a couple of other boys who were go- going ahead of me. So I called the said, boys, stop there. Everything in life has its own respect. Play that creature, <laughs> that creature, you can't shake it into the fire. Respect, glory be to God. Going into the lions den was not a funny thing, but God was going to get the glory. What some of you are going through today is not funny. If you are to open your mouth and share, some have been raped. By family members. How do you share that? And you can't tell your parents. I will not even believe you. He's pastor, our father in the Lord. How do you now tell mommy that her father in the Lord is carnally knowing a biological dog. You are scarred. You are wounded. And you can share with anybody. Have you heard of the woman called Joyce Mayer? God will get the glory out of your life. Let me wrap this up very quickly to set the captives free. He came to change our story. Somebody's story will change this morning in the name of Jesus. If you will allow him to change your story and grant you a new beginning. First John chapter 3 verse 8 says, he that commits sin is of the devil. It says, because was the Son of God made to destroy the works of the devil. So if you allow Jesus, it will destroy the works of the devil in your life, in your family. As Africans, like even not Africans, as a human being, there is no family that doesn't have a particular challenge. Even overseas, when you go to the hospital and they di- diagnose diabetes or something, they will ask, somebody add this in your family? Because some of these things are genealogical. They go from genealogy to genealogy, from generation to generation. But hey, when Jesus steps into your life, you become a new species. Amen. All things must pass away and all things must become new. You, be now, you now belong to the family of God. Hallelujah. You must have the anointing to be able to do what God called Jesus to do. What did God call Jesus to do? Let's go to Isaiah 61. Let's read this. I can't skip this. You need to see it. Isaiah 61, 1-3. Quickly, Media, can you help me? Isaiah 61, 1-3. 1-3. The Spirit of the Lord God. Let's read together. 1-2, go church. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, all right? And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Who bound them? Satan. Who sets them free? Jesus. Come on now. Move on. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. If you are mourning this morning, Jesus will comfort you. All right, move on. To appoint unto them that in Zion, to give unto them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That spirit of heaviness is called depression. It sits on people like this and it's very heavy and they, they become heavy. When you are depressed, you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to move to the next street. You don't want to go to the next compound. You don't want to go to the next hostel. You don't want to attend the next lecture. You want to boycott lectures because you are heavy. But hey, Jesus has come (laughs) to give you the garment of praise. I said to give you the garment of praise. What garment are you wearing this morning? Nobody under the sound of my voice will suffer again one more day under the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that God might be glorified. Everything you're going through is that God might be glorified. May God get the glory out of your life. May God get the glory out of your academics. Listen to me, let me share this with you. I ran into some challenges recently and I was telling my wife, I said, I've learned something that God wanted me to learn from this. If if everything had panned out the way I planned it from the beginning, I would have given the glory to myself. You know, you do business sometimes and say 1 plus 1 is 2, 2 plus 2 is 4, 4 plus 4 is 8. I mean, you just know what to do. You know the right buttons to press. And you are getting results. You feel cool. But what happens when you press the right button and you get the wrong result? You read all your code in your exams. You read everything. You, you still had a carryover. <laughs> I mean, there are certain things that happen. Just not because God made it happen. The devil did. But God wants to get the glory out of it. Don't always think you're macho. You know how to do things. Learn to return the glory to God. You're doing business, everything is going on fine. Learn to return the glory to God. Because you can do it same way, same methodology, same mechanisms, and you might not get the same results. So every time you get results, learn to return the glory to God. Amen? Let me begin to wrap this up. How can somebody give somebody, give people garment of praise instead of spirit of heaviness unless you are anointed? How can you open prison door to the prisoners unless you are anointed? So Jesus needed to be anointed, to be empowered by God to carry out this assignment, this kingdom assignment. And look what Peter said about Jesus. Act 1038. Act 1038. Read it everybody. I can quote it, but I want you to read it. Act 1038. Now let's read everybody. want to go. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? Holy Ghost and with what? Who went about doing what? And healing how many people? That were oppressed by who? For God was with him. Who was the oppressor? Who was the one setting people free? Glory be to God. And let me tell you what, we are his co-laborers. First Corinthians 3.9 tells us we are co-laborers together with God. If God anointed Jesus, and it went about doing good, and we are co-laborers with Jesus, and we have Jesus in our heart, it means we are also anointed to do good. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. That's why I say to you guys, don't think you are inadequate. Don't think you are not good enough. You're good enough to pray for someone else. Pray, pray with your roommate. I've got this growth in my ear. Lay your hands on them in the name of Jesus. Release your faith when you lay hands. And see it disappear. See it diminish. Yes, you, God can use you. God can use you to cast out a devil in somebody, in your room. Yes, God can. God can use you to be a blessing to someone else. God can. We are co-laborers together with God. We are co-laborers together with God. We should be looking for people to pray for every week. Stop this nonsensical God bless me, give me bread and butter prayer. Look for someone else to pray for. Intercede for someone else. Get involved in intercessory prayer. Get involved in soul winning. I know the message is titled faith in the name. This is the foundation. Because we're coming from this to build into the faith in the name. So that every time you now begin to deploy that name, that name will open doors. Oh, the name of Jesus is so powerful. Somebody might say, well, I... How I wish that Jesus was still here physically. Good news. King Jesus is alive and well. Amen. You'll never catch me say, when Jesus was alive, you know, I I hear preachers say that. When Jesus was alive, is he dead now? (laughs) Is he not in this service? Is he not in you? Uh, The Jesus in you? Is he dead? He's alive and well. Amen. Glory to God. He hasn't left us, amen. He's still with us, amen. And he's in us, amen. And he has given us the power of attorney to use his name. And when we call that name in faith, he shows up, amen. And takes care of the business. Can I have an amen? It did that for Peter and John in Acts of the Apostles chapter 3 to 4. They called the name. They invoked the name. Peter invoked the name. Jesus showed up. When you call on him, he will show up. And it will do same for us today, if we believe. You know why? Because it never changes. Hebrews thirteen verse eight tells us Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today. Yeshua, Hamashiach, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi chapter three and verse six, he said, "I am the Lord, and I change." That's why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Me, come here, real quick. I, I want to practical practicalize this. How did you get there? Say it again. You called me. Did I call him? He was there. I called him. He came. When I call on Jesus, all things are possible. When I call on Jesus, Mountains are gonna fall because he'll move heaven and earth to come rescue me when I call, so I can say La 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 Emoye. Go back, God bless you. Call on him, he will show up. And he says, Call on me, and I will ask and I will show you greater mighty things that you don't know. Jeremiah chapter thirty three and verse three. Let me give you three points as we close. This is where I want to close. I thank God, God helped me to this point. Number one, King Jesus is with you. Say, King Jesus is with me. Write it down. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Media, can I have that on the screen? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. King Jesus is with me. I am not alone. I am He will go before me. He will never leave me. I am not alone. alone. You're never alone. Amen. You sing the rest when you get home. Look at this. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, singing. What did he say? All power. How much of power? How much of power? He left some power for the devil. How much of power is given to Jesus? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Oh, my father gave it to me. I have it all. None left anywhere. I have it all. Now what did he say after that? Next verse. Go ye therefore. Ha, <laughs> ha, and that's why we have to keep going. And Expression House will be going every month. Amen. Amen. Whether some people join us or not, we will go every month. Amen? Amen. Go into all the world and teach all nations. That's why I believe that many of you are going to the nations. It's not just about jackpot. God has ordained an assignment for you to the nations. We're not local champions. Where will you get that from? Even your pastor is not the local champion. <laughs> Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Ghost. And what did he say? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And know I am with you sometimes. I am with you where the skies are blue. I'm with you when the fields are green. I am with you when you're fasting and praying. I am not with you when you make a mistake. When you make a mistake, when you fall into sin, repent immediately. Get back in line. He has not forsaken you. Can I have an amen? Don't ever get into self-condemnation and you get to g- get to buy IPO. You say, Lord, I'm not worthy anymore. I've been leading the choir in my church, telling them about holiness. But I'm... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mourn over your sin. Repent. Get up from there. Clean up, baby. Go back into your closet and pray and worship and move on. Can I have an amen? amen. Don't buy chemical and drink. I say, Lord, if you kill yourself that way in sin... You won't like where you wind up. It might be H-E, double hockey sticks. I am with you how often? I'm with you when you feel like I'm with you. But there are times you feel God is away. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? There are times it looks like your prayer is not even going beyond the ceiling. But is God with you? When you are going for your exams, is he with you? You are going to the airport, is he with you? You are going to the court, is he with you? You are going to the hospital. Is he with you? You are going to, to, you know some people think that when they are sick and they are going to have to see a doctor. God has forsaken them. Well, am I going to see a doctor? Is Jesus not my healer? Jehovah my ropheka. Hey, even then he's still with you to teach the doctor what to do. Amen. I'm with you always. Come on, don't take away my scripture. Let's finish what we started. What did he say after that all week? Read it out loud. Has the world ended? He said, he's with you even to the end of the world. And he put the word, Amen. Is it with you right now? Let this strengthen you. King Jesus is with me. No, you are alone. No, I'm not alone. He's with me. My friends may forsake me, but King Jesus will go with me. Will go with me into that trial. It will go with me into that test. It will go with me into that examination. It will go with me even as I go to do that project. He is with me always. Amen. Point number two. Write this down. King Jesus is praying for me. I love this. King Jesus is praying for me. Oh, oh, I feel like praying for you this morning. To say, may Jesus pray for you. But he's already praying for you. Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. He said to Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you like wheat. It's not an easy process to be sifted like wheat. Wheat has a shell. The shell has to be broken. It is called the chaff to get the seed of the wheat, which is now going to be processed into food. So they usually beat it hard. Beat it out, beat it, to separate the chaff from the wheat. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, that I might, boof, boolala you, boolala, beat you, beat you like wheat. But I have not left you alone. The next verse, Jesus said, but I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not, and when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Donald Lawrence and Fifth Evans sang a song. Jesus, say a prayer for me. You know what I need. Go before the Father and intercede for me. The enemy desires to sift me as wheat. But like you did for Peter. Say a prayer for me. It's a good song. These are songs you guys should listen to. Not all the stuff that you're listening to. I don't even know what to listen to. There's one that my my son likes. And I bumped into him one day. No, I took him out. We went to eat. And they were playing in the heat, You know, in the eat they can play anything. I <laughs> said, <laughs> <laughs> now you know I don't know the lyrics uh, uh, yeah so I was hearing and you know the boy I was making an order he was behind me I, uh, I said I'm a pastor <laughs> <laughs> then he gave himself and, uh, well I know we've been through that stage as well but hey it's poisonous you don't need stuff like that I don't know what they're saying I don't know what they saying I don't know I only know the word of God. And if I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing the word of God over my life. Songs are confessions. Amen. You know, I don't want to see danger. I want to see Jesus. Amen. You confess that over your life every day. Oh no. Change your songs. There are faith building songs. Songs that will help you worship God. Songs that will get you out of depression. There are songs that can put you in depression. Music is powerful. It will change your mood anyhow. You know why? Because it was not made here. It was made in heaven. Whether you like the music or not, you just find yourself sometimes you have, you have your leg is moving. You don't even know the songs. You don't know the lyrics, but you're hearing the beat. I mean, so I want to be careful what I hear, what I expose myself to. Jesus is praying for me. Can I have an amen to that? Romans 8, 34. Quickly, media, let me wrap this up. I have two minutes. Two minutes. Oh, my. I can stop. Oh, my. Romans 8, 34. Quickly, everybody look at this. Jesus is praying for me. Who is he that condemned it? It is Christ that died. No, no. That translation is not very accurate. It's, it's not saying that Christ condemns. He doesn't condemn. His ministry is reconciliation. To reconcile us to God. It's saying, is it Christ that died? Yay! Yay! Rather, that is risen again. How can you die for someone and go and condemn them? He took our place. Amen? So it's not condemning us. Amen? Amen? All right. Now, who is even at the right hand of God? Eating pizza and taking ice cream. Is that what the Bible says? What is it doing right now? Making intercession for us. Jesus is praying for you. Hebrews 7.25. Hebrews 7.25. Media quickly. Hebrews 7, 25, Jesus is praying for me. Someone say, Jesus is praying for me. Say it like you mean it. Jesus is praying for me. Wherefore, he's is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever, ever liveth to make what? Intercession for them. Right now, he's on the right hand of the Father. He's praying for Fred. He's praying for Jones. He's praying for, for Jonah. He's praying for, for Judith. He's praying for Edith. He's praying for Grace. He's praying for Praying for Tosi, praying, praying for Aminat, praying, praying for Rukaya, praying, praying for Ni, praying, praying, praying for every one of us. Amen, praise God. Spring. praying, it's praying. There are times friends tell you, we're praying for you, but it's a lie, they're not. They actually want you to fall and crash. But you have someone praying for you at the right hand of the Father. Should that make you feel good? It should make you feel good. Thank God I'm not alone. You are not alone. He's praying for you. Number three, and this is where I stop. The last point for today, King Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name. King Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name. Oh, glory to God. Only law students will understand power of attorney. But everybody can understand it. What is the power of attorney? It is the authority given by A man, maybe like a rich man that has estate, he has a lot of stuff. And he gives it to another person to act on his behalf. Like, okay, so I'm going on a journey. I have 10 companies. I'm the chairman, CEO, MD, everything. But I want you to act on my behalf. So if they need to sign a check, you sign it on my behalf. Whatever you do, it will be as though I was the one who did it. Manage my business for me. Run the affairs like me. Jesus gave us that power. To use his name. The power of attorney. He said, whatever you ask the Father, in my name, I will do it. That was what we read in our text. John 14, verses 13 to 14. Verse 13 says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Verse 14 says, and if you shall ask anything. Church, as we close, is there anything you are trusting God for? Stand on your feet, everybody. to ask.